0: This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond.
1: I'm Spencer Brudig. I'm Will Johnson. This show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences.
0: This week on True Crime Chronicles.
2: So it was the videos that told the story, not the clinical record. Those videos in my mind leave no doubt
3: as to what happened in this case. There would be no way that the public or anyone would know about what happened to Mr. Dempsey if it wasn't for that family installing that hidden camera.
2: When you put your loved one in a nursing home, you're entrusting the staff to take care of them, to answer their calls for help. But that didn't happen to 89-year-old James Dempsey, a World War II veteran, father and grandfather from Woodstock. He, like all of
4: us, deserved to live and die with dignity. In 2014, 89-year-old James Dempsey was recovering from a hip surgery at a nursing home in Georgia, the Northeast Atlanta Health and Rehabilitation Center. So this was a gentleman
3: who was in this nursing home for therapy, essentially after getting a
4: a minor surgery, I believe it was a a hip surgery. Andy Parati is an investigative reporter with WXIA 11 Alive in Atlanta, where he's been covering this story. So he was in
3: there just to recover. He wasn't someone that needed long term care forever the whole the hope for his family at least was get the surgery done and get back home and on on with your life and based on the conversations that i've had with their attorneys that that's this guy was not a very ill person that was supposed to you know he wasn't like someone that you would typically think of as someone that lives in a nursing home right he wasn't someone that was going through Ah, uh, dementia, or needed long-term care. He was there to just recover from a surgery. Unfortunately, it ended up being something much worse.
4: James Dempsey was eighty-nine years old, but as far as anyone could tell, he was a healthy eighty-nine years old with life left to live. He was a World War II veteran. Um, he was from North
3: Georgia. Uh, he believes he has two sons. I remember years ago when I went and I and I interviewed uh, a, a gentleman who lived right across the street from him, and he said that Mr. Dempsey was uh, just a lovely person. He, uh, you know, he was old enough to you know have grandchildren, but he, but he like took care of himself. He was a widower; his wife had died a few years um, beforehand. But he lived a very vibrant life, and he had grandchildren, and he had uh, children of his own, and he, for all intents and
4: purposes, uh, in 2014 was not ready to die. Early in the morning on February 27th, 2014, Dempsey did die, inside his room at the Northeast Atlanta Health and Rehabilitation Center. As far as any official records were concerned, his death couldn't have been avoided. He was an elderly man who died of natural causes. When you look at the medical records, everything looks fine.
3: If you're reading this case on paper, you think that they did as much as they
4: could. That might have been all we ever knew about this story. But unbeknownst to the nursing home staff, Dempsey's son had installed a hidden camera inside the room prior to his father's death, something he decided to do after his dad told him about some strange things going on inside this nursing home. Mr. Dempsey had told one of his sons that
3: things were things were strange there, that in the middle of the night, residents would try to climb into the bed with him. Uh, he was getting food that was cold. Um, when he would press the call-like button for assistance, they would take hours to respond. So there was a reason why the family thought it was a good idea to install that camera, and thank goodness they did. Um, because we would never have known what happened, uh, you know, during
4: the last few minutes of this gentleman's life. After Dempsey died, his family looked at the footage from the hidden camera. And whatever they saw caused them to turn it over to the police. In 2014, when he dies, the
3: family hands over the video to Brookhaven police and says, I think something happened. But keep in mind, they were... Hours and hours and hours and hours of video. And if you don't tell the police to look at a specific part, they claim that's why they didn't act on it then when they first got it, way back in
4: 2014, 2015, whenever whenever they got it. A couple years later, Andy Parati found out about this hidden camera footage through an attorney friend of his. This video was not easy to get. Parati eventually learned that the footage had been submitted on the record in a civil case. And in 2016, started tracking it down through public records requests. So I went to the
3: clerk's office and I said, hey, you know, I I understand there's XYZ video associated with this case. I can't access it through your online portal. Here's my thumb drive. I'm, I'm trying to get a copy of it. So then the clerk's office said, well, it's got a, it's sealed. You can't get the files unless the judge unseals it. So... We, we petitioned the judge to unseal it. When the nursing home company found out that we wanted that video, they tried everything in their power not to allow that video to be released. So they took us to court. We hired an attorney. Uh, and long story short, they almost appealed it all the way to the Georgia, Georgia Supreme Court. But in the end, they realized that they didn't have much of an argument and we and we got it. Tonight, 11 Alive's investigator Andy Parati has the story the nursing home didn't want you to see. Yes. The hidden camera video of Mr. Dempsey's calls
2: for help being ignored reached more than 5 million people online, many of you expressing outrage and calling for the nurses seen in the video to face criminal charges.
3: It makes me nauseated. We showed the video to Elaine Harris, a retired nursing professor and expert in adult critical care. In 43 years, of nursing, I have never seen such disregard for human life in a healthcare setting.
4: Here's what the hidden camera footage shows happening throughout the night and into the morning of James Dempsey's death. During the night, Mr. Dempsey has
3: some sort of breathing problem, and he calls the the nurses over by pressing the, the call light button, just like at a hospital if you've ever spent any time at the hospital. And it takes them at first a while to get there, and then when they get there, one of the nurses says, "You got to stop calling the, you know, calling us." Essentially dismissing his his complaints of difficulty breathing, never checks his vitals, um, never you know does a full evaluation. Just says, "Hey, stop calling us so much." And then as the evening progresses, you can see his breathing. Slowly you can see his chest start slowly and slowly and slowly stop breathing. And and but he's fighting. He's he's pressing the call eye button. He is yelling, saying, I can't breathe. Help me, help me. And then for hours you just see this man slowly die. And then when they finally get to him, a nursing aide gets there and he's like fluffing his pillows and essentially realizes this guy's dead. She calls a nurse over, the nurse comes and um, doesn't immediately start CPR. So in the video depositions, this is where it gets pretty pretty bad. The video depositions, um, one of the nurses says, oh yeah, when I, when I arrived, I immediately started CPR, and I did not stop until EMS arrived.
2: I got a call from the terrace. I just happened to be at the desk and I picked it up. She said, we got a cold.
4: This is that deposition. It's taking place in 2015 as part of a civil case brought by the family of James Dempsey against the owners of the nursing home. Testifying is Wanda Knuckles, at the time a nursing supervisor.
2: Tell me what you saw when you came into the room. loss was... That's the nurse, was doing compressions, and the aide was doing the bagging. And the nurse was doing what? Chest compressions. Che- chest compressions.
4: That other nurse in the room, the one Knuckles says was performing CPR when she walked in, is Lois Aguman. Knuckles testifies that she and Nurse Aguman then traded off doing CPR, until paramedics arrived.
2: From the time you came in, you took over doing chest compressions from Miss Lois, correct? Yes. All right. And you continuously gave chest compressions until Miss Lois came back? Yes. At which time, you relieved the nurse's aide named Miss Mabel? Yes. And you guys continued giving CPR until the EMTs took over?
4: Yes. <laughs> Knuckles points out in her testimony that once you start CPR, you're not supposed to take breaks. You're supposed to keep going either until the patient wakes up or paramedics take over.
2: You mentioned a few minutes ago that once you start CPR, you shouldn't stop. Is that correct? Yes. Why? You're trying to save a person's life. Once you start it, unless a doctor says stop, you have to continue. That's always been the rule.
4: Again, this deposition is taking place in 2015. That's before the hidden camera footage would become public, meaning... Knuckles had never seen it. That is, until it's played for her for the first time during this deposition, after she'd already provided the testimony you've heard.
2: All right. Did, did you hear what he just said? Yes. Help me, can't breathe.
4: As it's being played in court, the footage shows Dempsey alone in his room. He's pushed the button to call for a nurse, but nobody is coming to help him, at least not quickly.
2: Would you agree it appears as though he's gasping for air at this time?
4: It looks like it.
2: Well, you're a nurse. You you know when someone's gasping for air, correct? Yes. All right. If you saw this when you walked in the room, would you agree that it appears as though he's gasping for air? I would. Is that an emergency situation, ma'am? Yep.
4: Yes. The attorney doing the questioning points out that Dempsey had pressed the call button at 4.34 a.m. It isn't until 4.42 a.m., about eight minutes later, that a staff member checks in on him.
2: Is that an acceptable period of time for someone to answer a call light?
4: No. In the footage, we then see this staff member come in, look at some tubes around Dempsey's neck, adjust his bed, and then leave about two minutes after entering the room. When she leaves... Dempsey still appears to be struggling to breathe. Did you see her do an assessment
2: of Mr. Dempsey? No. Did you see her take vital signs of Mr. Dempsey? No. Did you see her do anything other than do a med pass and reposition him? No. And turn off the call light, correct? Correct. All right. Do you believe that that interaction with Mr. Dempsey complied with the standard of care? No. And, ma'am, you're a supervisor at SAVA, correct? Yes. You supervise nurses, right? Yes. All right. If you witnessed this nurse, had you seen this as it was happening,
4: would you have written her up? Yes. Nearly an hour goes by before anyone on staff returns to the room, at which point they find Dempsey unconscious.
2: How does it make you feel to watch this, ma'am? Sick.
4: Another hour later, according to the timestamp on the footage, we see Knuckles herself enter the room.
2: Okay, who just came into the room? That's me. Okay. So you recall
4: testifying?
2: Lighten. I'm pretty is sure it a- is.
4: Remember, Knuckles previously testified that there was a nurse, Lois Agumon, already performing CPR when she entered the room, and that she and Aguman continuously performed CPR until emergency services arrived. The footage is telling a very different story.
3: You
2: came into the room at 62310, correct, ma'am? Yes. All right. And contrary to the way you testified previously, there's no one doing CPR, is there? No. All right. If you recall, what you testified to previously was that you started CPR And you kept going until the EMTs arrived. Do you recall testifying to that? Yes.
3: All right. When you look at the video, that did not happen. She not only did not immediately start CPR, but at one point when they're fiddling trying to get the oxygen machine to work, something happens where they think something is funny, and they start laughing. All while this guy's dying in front of them. That was the most difficult part to watch.
2: Man, was there something funny that was happening at 6.30, 41 on February 27th, 2014, in the middle of I have no this clue, attempt to resuscitate sir. Mr. Dempsey? I have no clue. I can't even remember all that, as you can see. Do you see any sense of urgency on the part of any of the medical providers here, ma'am? including yourself. I think I was doing pretty good considering I didn't have anything to work with. Okay. Well, when you testified earlier that you walked in and started giving CPR from the moment you got there until the EMT showed up, that really wasn't the truth, was it? Sir, that was an honest mistake because I was just basing everything on what I normally do. Okay. That's not what you said when I asked you the question earlier, was it? No. All right. Earlier you testified that you remembered walking in and seeing a nurse on one side of the bed and a CNA on the opposite side of the bed. Remember testifying to that? Crash cart there in the room. They were providing CPR, correct? Yes. You went over there and you took over so that one nurse could go call EMS and you gave CPR from the moment they left until the EMT showed up. Remember that? Yes. All right, but watching this video, we don't see that happen At all, do we, ma'am? No. Do you believe that Mr. Dempsey and his family deserve better than this, ma'am?
4: Yes. The civil case, this case that the deposition came from, would result in a settlement for an undisclosed amount. So the family sued the owners of the nursing home. Um, I don't know what the settlement was, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a good amount. Then in November of 2017... Following 11 Alive's story on the hidden camera footage, the Brookhaven Police Department launched a criminal investigation into the death of James Dempsey. In February of 2018, that investigation resulted in charges.
3: Three people were charged, three women were charged in connection with Mr. Dempsey's death. One, with felony murder, and two, with essentially trying to conceal his death and neglect I mean there are a series
4: of charges, but those are the main those are the main ones. The three staff members were Mabel Terman, a certified nurse assistant, Wanda Knuckles, the former nurse whose deposition you've heard, and former nurse Lois Aguman, who received the felony murder charge. I'll be honest, I was really surprised that they charged one of the nurses
3: with felony murder. That's a high bar. To me, that means they may they may have other information to lead them to believe that this one nurse was, you know, committed a homicide, committed murder, uh, and the other ones uh, didn't. So I'm, I'm curious to see if and when this goes to trial, what other evidence is out there because the, to charge one of the nurses with felony murder and not the two others is it's really extraordinary. But coming up on three years later, this case has yet to go to trial. Right now, it's in the hands essentially of the Georgia Supreme Court, not determining whether they're guilt or innocence, but whether key evidence will be used in their trial. And that key evidence is the video.
4: Tomorrow, the Georgia Supreme Court will hear a case that could determine whether key evidence used to charge three women in a veteran's death can be used during trial. The defense attorneys are arguing that the state should not be able to use the hidden camera video as evidence because they say it was recorded illegally.
3: Under Georgia law, there's a provision of the law that says you cannot record in spaces where there's reasonable
4: expectation of privacy. The question is, did these staff members have a reasonable expectation of privacy in James Dempsey's nursing home room, given that it was their place of work? Two lower courts have already said no, ruling that the footage can be used, leaving the state Supreme Court as the defense's last option to keep the video from being used at trial. DeKalb County District Attorney Sherry Boston has told 11 Alive that this decision is everything that their case against the nurses rests on whether or not they're able to use this footage.
2: We would not be able to prosecute this case without that video. And those videos, in my mind, leave no doubt as to what happened in this case.
3: Without the, without this video, they can't take this to trial. District Attorney Sherry Boston told me in person, saying, this video is key to our case. Uh, I... I asked a, a, a solicitor, uh, a local county solicitor, her thoughts on that as well. And she told me the same thing. She was like, yeah, this is it. Because like I mentioned, when you look at the medical records on paper, it looks like they did everything right. It's the video that showed them doing something completely
4: different. While it's still not clear how all of this will play out in court, what is clear is that without that video, James Dempsey's family never would have known what happened to him how he died. They watched with sheer horror. Mike Pareto represented Dempsey's
3: family in a now settled lawsuit against the nursing facility. So it was the videos that told the story, not the clinical record, so that we know what
2: happened. And all the horrors that Mr. Dempsey had to live through. Why should the public care about this case? I can't imagine a public that would not care about this case. And there's no better way to determine the factual basis for any claims of abuse or neglect against the elderly than an ability to see the video.
3: There would be no way that the public or anyone would know about what happened to Mr. Dempsey if it wasn't for that family installing that hidden camera. And you got to think about this, even, even right now, during a pandemic. So many family members are not allowed to go in and visit their loved ones inside nursing home rooms. What is happening inside nursing homes right now during a pandemic when families can't go in and see their loved one? That, to me, m- would be incredibly scary, especially knowing all of the cases that I've covered throughout the years, especially Mr. Dempsey's. It makes me wonder every day, what is happening behind closed doors at these nursing homes during a pandemic when no one's allowed to go in there was a certain period of time where even state inspectors weren't going in to do just annual inspections they were doing inspections over the phone it's 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 crazy to me i think there are so many uh, there's there are so many vulnerable people at these facilities and it it makes me wonder what is happening to them, especially during this pandemic, when families don't have the luxury of putting in cameras
0: in, inside these facilities? For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Will Johnson, along with Reed Redman and Spencer Brudig. Reed, listening to this story, uh, video cameras are everywhere, right? And, you know, we have doorbell cameras and all that kind of thing. And it just makes you think like in a situation like this, you know, what have you got to lose if you can hide hide a video camera to capture something going on? Uh, It's just kind of the world we live in.
4: Yeah, I think the thing that I keep coming back to with this story is the fact that we wouldn't know about this at all if James Dempsey's family hadn't installed that camera. Um, You know, all the official records said he died of natural causes. and, And so it was that camera that is the reason we heard about this at all.
1: And Reed, speaking of the video footage itself, I I want to kind of go back to the timeline of this because uh, I know that Andy mentioned that the police actually had that footage for quite a while, right? And weren't didn't move on it until journalism kind of got in their way, right?
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the family turned over that footage to the police right after this happened, which was in 2015, and then it's not until 2017 after 11 Alive. Um, published their investigation into this that uh, the Brookhaven Police Department announced that they were launching a criminal investigation, and then not until 2018 that they actually filed criminal charges. So it was um, it was that investigation that 11 Alive did that, that directly led to those charges.
1: One thing I do want to bring up is, uh, I was kind of just diving into some of the statistics on this stuff, and um, according to the National Council on Aging, almost... Uh, one in ten Americans that are sixty plus experience some form of elder abuse, and uh, they estimate that uh, almost five million elders are abused uh, every single year. And when you think about that staggering number, it is uh, you know it's it's pretty incredible um, that that number exists and that we're not able to somehow you know stop that from occurring.
0: But but to be clear, that's elder abuse as a as a number and an issue. Across society, not necessarily related to nursing homes, and there are certainly lots of really good places where people are are living and doing well, Uh, but that doesn't mean, you know, when something's going on or there's hints or signs uh, that, you know, we need to be aware of them with our family members.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if you ever see elder abuse occurring either at home or in uh, a, a care facility, uh, there is an actual adult abuse hotline, which is 800-222-8000. So um, if you were to ever see uh, an elder in your family or an elder in your community being abused, you can, you can call that number to report it.
0: And Reed, I know next week you are talking once again to Andy Parati about uh, a similar case, different setting. Yeah, we're headed uh, back to Atlanta with Andy where where, um, we have another case that that does involve camera footage. All right. We will join you then, Reed. And Spencer, where can people go to learn more about True Crime Chronicles and Vault Studios?
1: We have a Facebook group called Inside the Crime Vault. So if you want to discuss this case and others like it uh, with like-minded true crime fans, you can check out Inside the Crime Vault on Facebook.
0: All right. I'm Will Johnson along with Reed Redman and Spencer Brudig. We'll be back next week with a new case and a new story.